Today, I'm sitting down with Adam Koffler. According to Twitter, he works for a few places and has been to Australia, unlike uh, all of my guests so far. So let's go, balls deep. Hello, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you, of course, by Fantasy Basketball International. FBIBasketball.com is the website. At AdamKing91 on Twitter is where you can find me. Uh, All of our content is on the website, uh, as I said, and rolling out another episode of the interview series, I guess we could call it today, with Adam Koffler. Uh, Adam, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for jumping on early in the morning. I know it's early there in Australia, so I uh, uh, appreciate it, that. It is early, yeah. And our, our daylight savings uh, actually end, ends in a week. So next weekend. So it's it's pretty dark, actually, because gotcha, our, our, yeah. our clocks will be going back in an hour. Your clocks just went forward, I think. Just went forward. So it's been it's been tough getting the uh, four-year-old out of bed in the mornings. Uh, <laughs> nothing getting to school, but uh, we're, we're working through it. Yeah, we're, we're going to have the opposite, actually. My, my son's always up pretty early. Um, as I said before, he just stumbled out of his bedroom, but he, he's probably been up for a while. So when our clocks go back, uh, he'll be up at 5, 5.30. Right, right. But... Luckily, he's old enough to just get up and look after himself. So there you go. I mean, we have to get up. Um, cool. So yeah. So look, we've done a few of these. Um, it's really just an opportunity. The fantasy playoffs uh, will be done by the time this is released. So just an opportunity for those diehards who who are still looking for content to to get to know a few of us analysts and and what what our lives are like and what goes on behind the scenes. Uh, so as I said it looks like most of the the people that i get on here i mean i know what they do and who they work for um you it looks like and and i know you're roto baller but it looks like you work for or you write for a few other places um a few other sites so for you is fantasy well and actually looks like you also do fantasy football you you and you tweet about basically anything (laughs) just to do with sport so if so for you is this a full-time uh full-time job fantastic question um no it's not a full-time job it's not even it's not even close um i work for a defense contractor in the u.s called lockheed martin um i'm a program manager uh there i've been at the company 12 years since i graduated uh university um and actually most recently for lockheed i i uh, worked on a project uh, with Australians, and I got the opportunity to travel over there uh, about a year ago. Now went to it took me to South Australia in Adelaide, so I got yep. to got to stay there for a week. Um, obviously, flew in and out of Sydney, so I got to see a little bit of Sydney. Uh, stayed right there on the harbor at the Marriott, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's my that's my day to day. You know, I, I try to keep tweets to a minimum during the day. Sometimes it's difficult, um, depending on the news that comes out. But, yeah, like you said, um, do some fantasy football and basketball 
um started uh started doing this fantasy content creation really around the start of the pandemic uh actually um uh interestingly enough uh if, i'm sure a lot of your listeners know a guy named dan titus works yep. for yahoo fantasy basketball and uh him and i went to the uh, fantasy sports and gaming conference in las vegas in january of 2020 so about two months before COVID kind of hit and we were just kind of wandering around you know, shooting the breeze with people, just meeting people. We didn't pay for the conference. We just were kind of there in the hotel or whatever. And, uh, you know, made some connections. And we both ended up applying for the voluntary Fantasy Pros Breaking News Desk. So we both started, you know, doing breaking news on for Fantasy Pros, football, basketball, some game analysis, you know, instant reactions type, type stuff. Yep. And that just kind of snowballed into, you know, more stuff. It, you know, eventually paid a little bit. Got an opportunity to write for Roto Baller. I've been with them for a couple of years now. Then sort of, you know, got into you know working with uh, Action Network a little bit. Did a po- basketball podcast with them. Uh, writing for a company called Mojo. Uh, they're a new sports stock market, which is really interesting. Go check them out. They're only legal in New Jersey, the state of New Jersey, right now, but more states coming soon. Um, so I just kind of dabble, you know, in a, in a lot of stuff. Yeah right yeah so yeah I've I've actually had Dan on already so yeah. so sort of had a chat with him and um, yeah no look it's it's always interesting to hear how people get into this and so I guess growing growing up for you were you a player of sports so were were you sort of actively engaged in, in playing sports or or did you just watch Yeah so definitely a, a basketball player growing up. I'm about six one, two thirty. So I've got I've got some size to me. I was you know probably two hundred uh, a few years ago, but six one, two thirty ish. Like to get to the paint, go to the free throw line. That was kind of my thing. Um, was was a good football player, but never played um, sort of organized football. More of like a flag football, intramural football kind of guy in you know college and stuff. Um, Played some baseball, played some tennis, but basketball is, is my number one for for me personally. And then obviously just watching, I I, I followed you know all the sports really football base uh, football baseball basketball, and uh, and played fantasy in each one of those sports starting in two thousand and one. It's actually started okay. on Yahoo when I was twelve years old, so I've been doing it for a long time. Wow, twelve, yeah, yeah, that's, that's even before I started. Yeah. Um, we were like obsessed so, in middle school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I'm not. I would have been if it was an option here. Right. Um, but when I was twelve, it was 1991. So, okay. Um, yeah, and, and I've said this to to Dan and a few of them that Australia's exposure to NBA was pretty limited back in the nineties. Uh, so we 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 basically it was dictated by what was broadcast, and usually that was one game a week. Um. And so it was a lot of sitting up and watching NBA action. Uh, they had the replay of that at midnight. Um, I was lucky enough that I, growing up, I, I did a lot of sport as well. And so when I was about probably 15, I think 15, 16, I was playing a lot of basketball, but I got picked up uh, by the Australian Institute of Sport for their rowing program. Um, just, a, it was a, just a, I'd never rowed in my life, um, but they sent sort of coaches around to schools where we live um, and did like a talent identification program kind of thing where they looked at, 
they took measurements and did athletic like tests and things like that. And I got picked up for the rowing, um, which, which was fine. And I did it for about 12 months. But for me, the biggest benefit was that being at the Australian Institute of Sport, they had a massive satellite dish which picked up NBA, uh, like NBA and picked up American oh, yeah, that's TV, cool. TV channels. And so in their library, they had VHS recordings of every NBA game that was played. So I would just spend, I would go and do my training um, for the rowing and then I'd just sit for sort of 12 hours and just watch yeah. as much NBA as I could. That's cool. Um, so that was that was good. I was lucky to be able to do that. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess fantasy was around then, but it wasn't, right. it wasn't something that we could, we could really do here we take we take for granted here in the u.s how inaccessible basketball yeah. was over there or everywhere anywhere else really in the in the world probably yeah look at pro, probably a league pass has really opened up the door to to all of this and and then and getting obviously espn and, and that sort of thing as well so um yeah I, i've been playing for 10 years i think uh, ever since you ever since you had access to all those games pretty much pretty <laughs> much and i think just when i was because i followed the nba very closely when i was young and collected basketball cards and um had favorite players and that sort of thing and then it probably i would say i sort of went away from basketball probably when dennis rodman retired um because he he was my favorite player um that's why i have the 91 in my twitter handle okay. um so once he was sort of done in in sort of late 90s um i was 21 so i had a lot of other things going on in my life so i i sort of didn't watch a lot of nba for for probably six to eight years um i knew what was happening but but didn't follow it that closely until probably 2010 when i got back into it so um yeah so i sent through some questions for you so the and as i said you you have been to australia um what I, what were your thoughts on Australia? I mean, you only saw, as you said, Sydney and Adelaide, so two cities. Um, but initial thoughts? Fantastic country. I would <laughs> I would move I would move there in a second if my wife let me. I just yeah. thought it, it's a it's a clean country. It's a safe country. People are nice. It's diverse. Like there's lots of different food and culture. Like I, I liked everything about it. To be honest with you, it, even. Even small things like like safety and security. Um, you know, here in the U.S., there's there's different places that you just wouldn't walk at night, right? Yeah. And I'm we're at dinner in in uh, downtown Adelaide, and yeah, you know, I, I get to I, I go I'm going to go back to the hotel by myself. You know, we're in a big group of people, and and I'm like, is it? You know, it's my first night there. I'm like, is it is it okay for me to like? It's like ten o'clock at night, eleven o'clock at night. Is yeah. it okay for me to walk home back to the hotel by myself? Like, is it that's totally safe? And they're like. Yeah, what are you talking about? Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, yeah. And like that, this doesn't happen like in downtown areas by yourself if you're there for the first time as a tourist. Just yeah. not, just not the case. So it's just, yeah. I, I, I was a big fan of Australia. Yeah, no, it is, it is very different in that respect. Um, like we went, I was in Vegas a few years ago, uh, and sort of told. First thing I was told was don't venture off the strip, don't venture mm -hmm. too far, sort of by mm -hmm. yourself. Um, and then um, planning a trip to Boston, Memphis, New Orleans, LA in October this year. And I, again, talking to people, talking to analysts and, and people that I know who live in various um, parts of the States, 
they also sort of say where are you staying what area is it in <laughs> um, we need to make sure that it's it's the right area it's a safe mm-hmm. area that sort mm-hmm. of thing and 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 i mean we we get a, i guess a, a feeling that it is a bit like that just from watching the news and watching movies and, and which obviously isn't a perhaps a specific, like a 100% accurate reflection of what it's like over there but it it does give the feeling that there are a lot of areas that i should avoid when i'm over there um, but here, I mean, the city I live in is, is pretty small compared to those. So I live in, well, I live in Queanbeyan, which is, that's the city that I live in, but it's basically part of Canberra, um, or the ACT, which is, it's the capital of Australia, mm-hmm. but yeah, God, like there's nowhere you couldn't walk here. Um, right. if you're out at night, like it's, it's safe everywhere, pretty safe anyway. Um, and, and so would you are you planning on coming back like does his work going to bring you back here at any point i i sure hope that work brings me back there um even if even if for some reason work didn't bring me back i could foresee uh me and my family doing like a summer and sort of you know going to multiple countries over there the australia asia you know you know places like japan yep south korea taiwan singapore like i could totally see doing a trip like that my uh my wife is uh half filipino so okay uh doing an asian trip um and then tagging australia and maybe new zealand on would be would be fantastic and i, I want my want my son to have you know those yeah. sort of uh you know, cultural experiences as well yeah i think it's good to expose them when they're young as well um yeah new zealand's great we've been there a couple of times um it's amazing over there uh, and and so you'd you'd obviously look at heading back to the Philippines. Has your wife been there for like? Is it somewhere she visits regularly, or hasn't? Been no, there it's actually it's actually not. And and believe it or not, she's she hasn't been there. <laughs> so, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so she's yep. she's born born here. Uh, yep, okay. Her mom's her mom's Filipino. Okay. Um, and actually, I've been to the Philippines. So right. Okay. Yeah. So a a buddy of mine. Uh, from college and i took a trip to he was filipino as well so we took a trip to the philippines and we added japan onto that trip so we did tokyo and kyoto and that was an amazing trip as well um like yeah i would say i would say that the cool the the three coolest places i travel to are japan australia and iceland oh iceland nice yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i to- totally different obviously but um, yeah just these places are just so unique so different from the u.s t- you know totally different cultural experiences yeah um but again it, it all it all comes back to like like safety and security i swear to god like i have no idea why that's so important to me but like just mm-hmm. being able to walk around wherever you know feel safe uh it's it's also it's also interesting you know maybe this is weird but when you when you travel you know you get done traveling you know 50 hours you know, by car, by plane, by sitting in the airport, everything else, get to, get to Australia. And then you're half, you know, you're all the way across the world. And everybody speaks English. <laughs> it's like the weirdest yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure like maybe, maybe I'm alone in that, but it's really weird to travel that far and then to have everybody understand what you're talking about. Oh, no, no, it, it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I could understand that. We're, yeah. We've been to Europe. Um, we went there for our honeymoon and and that's a long trip for us as well. That's sort of a 24 hour flight. Right. And um, 
I mean, there are quite a few people there that speak English and not, not necessarily really well. But, I mean, we landed in London, so that mm -hmm. was fine. But then when you go to Germany and sure. Spain and, and those sorts of things, it's that I, I would imagine like coming here and having everyone speak English and just know exactly what you're saying. It, it would just make things so much more easier. Right. Um, uh, and yeah, look, and if you head back to the Philippines, I've got a, I've got a ton of Filipino mates that I play basketball with. So, yeah. and they, they travel there regularly, like once a year. Uh, so that's a, that's not too far of a trip, right? I don't think so. No, I've never been, um, but they seem to go all the time. So, right. uh, I mean, they all have family there, so I guess they don't, they're not paying for accommodation or anything like that. So it's, it's just the flights, but I yeah, I don't think it's that far. I think it's only a few hours from Australia. There, there are so many basketball courts in the Philippines. Yeah. So many basketball yeah. courts, so many basketball jerseys. And we actually, we found a court and me and my friend's cousin started playing. And there were just a group of people like on the stands watching us. Yeah. Just totally mesmerized. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it, was, no, it, was, it was also because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty big, uh, you know, compared to a lot of the people over there. So yeah. They were just, they were totally mesmerized. It was a really fun experience though. Like it, it's, yeah. that's the place I'd go back to as well. Yeah. I know basketball is a big part of their yeah, for sure. lifestyle and culture. It's, it's, it's massive. Like we have leagues just here and where I live in the city that are just Filipino leagues and anyone can go and play, but they're organized by the Filipino community. And right. Right. Majority. And, and I've played in, uh, I've played in that league a couple of times and um, it's so I'm six foot six so I'm, oh, wow. uh, like they they sort of they want guys like me playing just you're kind of you're kind of giving me Andre Kirilenko vibes with the Utah Jazz shirt no oh look I'm just I just <laughs> jazz aren't a team I particularly like but I just like NBA so I just buy NBA clothes right I right I don't care what team it is <laughs> um, uh, so so yeah, I think we've sort of been. I mean, we've covered the the travel bit, which is that was something we were going to get to later, but we we got onto it um, before. But sort of outside of fantasy and 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 work, um, what is it like? You've got a, a young uh, family, obviously, um, and so what what is it? What what do you like to do? So weekends, holidays, um, those sorts of things. Wait, there's life outside of fantasy and work. Uh, there is sometimes. Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so so I've got a I've got a four year old son. He'll be five in July. Uh, honestly, in our, in our free time, it's a lot of family stuff. Uh, we live uh, about 20, 25 minutes away from Disney World in uh, outside of Orlando, Florida. All right. So we've got annual passes, the three of us. So we we go there a lot. We do the different parks. Um, we go to some of the different resorts. Sometimes we'll get you know dinner reservations and do stuff like that. Uh, there's lots of playgrounds around. My, my son loves to go to the playgrounds. Each neighborhood here is like its own unique playground. So we'll do that a lot. He likes to be outside. Uh, it gets really hot sometimes here in the summer. Um, but no, it's, it's just, a, it's a good time. We, we love living here. Um, and it's, it's nice also to be as a basketball fan. I, I'm a 76ers fan. Uh, born and raised in Philadelphia, so just naturally a, a big Sixers fan. But I've become a fan of the Magic since living here as well. Um, and I'm only about 20 minutes down the street from the Amway Center, okay, um, which is super nice. And I had a really cool opportunity come up 
um, let's see, about two, three weeks ago now, um, I was a credentialed member of the media uh, for the Magic Jazz game, actually. Yeah. So got like, you know, floor access and sat in the media area. Um, got a chance to ask Paolo Bancaro a question post game that he answered what it was like going up against, uh, you know, the the trio of towers there in Utah with Walker Kessler, Lauren Market and Kelly Olenek. Yep. And so that was really, that was a really cool opportunity, like getting asked the rookie of the year, most likely a question yeah. and having him answer and sort of, you know, agree with you that that was a tough situation for him. Yeah. So wow. super cool experience. Then I'm also, uh, they've asked me to come back. So I'm actually going back for the, the magic nets game coming up on Sunday night, us early in the morning, Monday yep. in Australia. And then also the, uh, Cavs magic game in uh, early April. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's cool. Like that's awesome. That's dude, sort of awesome something. experience. Yeah, that's just sort of something that I would dream about. Like oh yeah, to go. I mean, I've never even been to an NBA game. Um, it was surreal. So, it was surreal. And then, it, like, I can't imagine now going and spending a hundred dollars on a ticket, <laughs> sitting sitting in the nosebleeds, not getting yep. not getting food served to you. You know, not getting courtside access. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's ruined you for life now you know totally to totally yeah, yeah but just such such a blessing like to to think that like oh, yeah wow. i get the opportunity yeah. to do something like that when i started you know writing fantasy basketball content i didn't think that ever be the case especially no. being especially being part-time like i don't this is not a full-time gig so getting that yeah. opportunity is amazing yeah yeah well and and i would assume like i know when i when i was in vegas we were there for summer league and so we met we met some rookies and and it sort of bumped. We went and did top golf and stuff. So bumped mm-hmm. into a, a couple of players, saw a couple of players, and and obviously you watch them on TV and and but just seeing them in real life, they're just so big. <laughs> I saw. I was I was standing ten feet from Walker Kessler. Yeah, the guy is a giant. Yeah, like I, like I'm I'm six one. He's oh. like seven one, but he looks yeah. like he's like eight one. <laughs> yeah, they because they're just so thick. Like we met. I remember when we went there and we we saw Carl Anthony Towns, and and, and like height, yes, like I, I'm he's obviously oh what's what's cat? I think he's like six eleven, six eleven maybe close to seven foot. So he's not actually that much taller than me. He's only right. five six inches, whatever. But just the the presence and the the space they take up, like they're right. just they're thick, big yeah. big humans. Like it, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> So yeah, no, I can imagine that just seeing a crowd of them, all of them, would just be yeah. you'd be looking up. It'd just yeah. be constantly looking up. So. And then I'm I'm standing there in the you know the the media area where they serve the food and stuff, and then Jason Terry walks in, just like standing there in line right behind me, about to get his chicken and pasta. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure he works for the Jazz in some capacity, so that's why he was there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so, so did you? Do were you able to talk to him, or you just sort of stood there and kept? No, his... I just sort of stood there and was like, "Oh my God, it's Jason Terry!" Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's my first, it was my first first experience doing that. I didn't want to rock any boats. I wasn't no, going to even ask any questions, to be honest with you. But you know, I'm sitting there in the interview rooms with pregame with Jamal Mosley, head coach for the Magic, and, and it's you know, it was it would have been awkward if I didn't ask a question. Like there were there weren't that many people there it's the magic jazz you know both teams sort of out of it jazz are sort of in it but it's not not a ton of media media attention there so you know there's probably 10 people in the room and and i'm like this is like i don't get this opportunity very often like i might as well 
I might as well like take advantage of it. So I stumbled on my first question asking about Wendell Carter Jr.'s injury status. Coach yep. is kind of like, what are you talking about? This is a weird question. Um, <laughs> but I think I made up for it when I when I asked Paolo about what it was like going up against those, uh, those yeah. big guys. Well, look, I mean, you've been invited back to do it again. So you yeah, know, yeah. It's been that bad. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, you're sort of talking about favorite things now, and you've already said you're a Sixers fan and, and sort of a bit of a converted Magic fan as well. Um, but outside of of basketball and outside of fantasy, um, what are your, like, movies, TV shows, music, anything else that sort of stands out as if, if, if someone was to meet you, what, what would your, um, what would they go? Oh, he likes the same things that I do. Yeah. I have an interesting sense of humor. I think some, some of my favorite movies. Uh, so I've got a, I've got a gamut of sort of favorite movies, but uh, the rush hour series, like rush hour two oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, with uh, Chris, uh, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. I just think that movie is absolutely hilarious. Like I could just ramble off, all sorts of lines from that movie. Yeah. Um, just a classic. I just watched over and over again as a kid. Um, favorite favorite TV shows. Uh, I was pretty obsessed with the Entourage, oh, as yeah. well as well as Breaking Bad. Like Breaking Bad was a show that I could sit down and watch twenty episodes in a row. Mm. Just it, every episode ended in a cliffhanger. So for me, that was just like totally addicting. Storyline just developed so well. Um, and then these days, it's honestly like these days, it's a lot of basketball. Like I'll, you know, stop working and we'll eat dinner, put the kid to bed and I'll watch basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah. I might watch, you know, a 90 Day Fiance or something with my wife for a little bit um, or House Hunters or something. But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot of basketball these days, to be honest. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. And that's I mean, we we talked about this a bit before we, we got on air that living here in australia we i mean there's positives and negatives for for our time difference and that sort of thing and and one well it can be both really is that games for us tip off early in the morning so nine ten in the morning and run through to about four in the afternoon if you're not working that's great um because so you like yesterday i was i was off with a, a headache and a bit sick so i got to watch a couple of games today <laughs> headache I'm, and a bit sick headache and a bit sick which, which <laughs> i was like I, I, and, and it's yeah part of it is a sleep thing as well but um like and now it's the weekend so we can sort of watch games but then if i'm working i miss everything if i if i'm running a workshop or, or a seminar or something i miss all the games and so nighttime is when I have to watch it because once and I mean again for me it's like my kids after about seven o'clock they just take care of themselves um they get themselves off to bed whenever they're ready that sort of thing so um it is a lot of watching basketball late at night for me so I really like the off season because I can watch the tv shows that i haven't been able to watch yeah good point yeah um and the movies and 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 i go to the movies a lot um probably once or twice a week um with i've got a couple of mates that come with me uh so we we go and try and catch most things at the movies um breaking bad was arguably my favorite show of all time i think as well so all right um, i i understand i get that one (laughs) um i think i've probably watched it five times the yep. whole se- the whole series so yep. uh, you're getting me juiced up to watch it want to watch it again 
yeah, I don't have the time. I don't have the time right now, but I'm gonna try to make the time. Once once the basketball season ends, I'll be able to make some time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, once once basketball's done, it's it's good. There is some time. Um, so, uh, and, and you're obviously right for football, that sort of thing. So you've got favorite teams in in those sports. Is it is it the Eagles? Like it, it is. is it, it's where you grew up. Yeah. 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 Um, yep. I know a little bit about football, not much um, right. enough to to have a bit of a conversation. I think. I know even less about baseball. Um, so if you if you like a baseball team, I probably couldn't pick. Yeah, so I, I I'm I'm a I grew up playing baseball. I I you know rooted for the Phillies. Um, baseball has sort of taken a back seat as I've gotten more involved with like the fantasy football and the fantasy basketball content creation. So yeah. like before I was creating content, all those sports were sort of on equal footing. As I've gotten more engaged with football and basketball baseball's had to take a backseat. Like I don't have enough brain capacity to try to, you know, weave in three sports. So the people that do three sports for fantasy, like super impressive, even two, even two sports is impressive, but three sports, I I can't even imagine doing that. Yeah. Look, I do. I mean, I do basketball obviously. And then I play fantasy football here. So as uh, the football that we play, not, not the NFL. Um, And even just setting my lineup, I, I, forget to do that sometimes because I'm so focused on fantasy basketball. Well, isn't that the, the, the one o'clock Eastern games start at what? Two, 3. AM in Australia. Uh, yes. I mean, that's, that's, that's tough, especially with the injuries that come out, the, the inactives that come out an hour and a half before that. Yeah. Like that's tough. Yep. You're asleep. You just, you set your lineup and somebody, you know, is not playing that week all of a sudden. <laughs> Yeah, if we're most of our leagues, so leagues that I'm commissioner in, we actually have to set our lineups uh, or or pickups to be sort of seven a.m. your time, um, which is which is ten or eleven p.m. here. Yeah, because if we set it for like closer to what tip off might be, it's three in the morning and we're all asleep. Right. Um. So if we're in, if I'm in a league that I've joined with Americans and the the lock is later then there's a lot of nights where I'll set my alarm for two in the morning to get up and check injuries. and Yeah, definitely. Especially this time of year. And that's why, I mean, like a lot of fantasy analysts now, I'm, I really preach ending your season now-ish, sort of like most of my leagues have wrapped up or are wrapping up this week. Um, because like I just, I get up in the morning and look at the injury report. And as we've seen with the Blazers, they're just slowly phasing their guys out. Um, Listen, I got to, I got totally screwed by the the injuries and the people resting in, in fantasy basketball this season. Like it's my it's my my main league's championship this week. I did not make the championship despite having the first overall seed with a first round bye. And I got bit by the Anthony Edwards bug. Yep. I got bit by the DeAndre Ayton bug. I should have been more prepared for the Celtics and them resting, you know, Malcolm Brogdon and Al Horford. I'm obviously Horford's been resting all season, but Brogdon didn't play after being listed as probable. We've seen that from the Celtics multiple times this season. Like both those guys are probably droppable, honestly, in that situation where you have to get a you have to get a win. But then I had issues in the beginning of the week with guys like Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Um I can't remember who else, but it was a disaster. Like I, I was supposed to have 59 games played. I ended up having 49 games played yeah. with, with all my five with, ads for that week. So it was yeah. just, it was just disastrous. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty insane. The Hornets are, are oh, terrible. Let's, um, <laughs> that's a whole, that's a whole nother 
situation to discuss. Yeah. I think well, there's some shady business going on with the Hornets. I, I don't know what's well. Mark Williams is now he's probable today. Like he's probable. Dennis Dennis Smith Jr. After having to leave the game last yeah. night, he's he's probable. Uh, obviously, they have to list Kelly Oubre and Terry Rozier as questionable because they pulled them early, so they have to act yeah. like they're injured. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, so it's, it's a disaster. Uh, you can't trust you can't trust teams that are not fighting for legitimate no. playoff spots down the no. stretch. No, and the, it's it's interesting. I mean, this isn't meant to be about fantasy basketball, but with the teams like the Pistons and the Spurs, like the Spurs are just, obviously they're just alternating. They're resting a guy, then they're playing him, then mm-hmm. they're making up an injury. But I don't I don't get why they're doing it because it's not like they're going to win. Like they're, they're bottom three. that They're locked in as a bottom three seed. So what, what good is resting these young players? Just play them. It doesn't matter. I yeah, I think it's just to limit like their exposure to injury probably but yeah, but maybe. to not to not you know act like you're shutting a guy down so yeah. it's their way of it's their way of you know limiting the risk there while they're not going anywhere this season yeah probably. yeah but then, oh, yeah look. but then what about the thunder like the thunder do do this weird thing where a couple weeks ago the coach was like oh you know shea gilgis alexander is not going to play back-to-backs he might be limited in minutes and then the first game after that right he goes out and plays like 38 minutes and then, like the next week, he plays a back to back. Like, it's yeah. like these, like they're like lying, they're like lying straight to our faces. And there's not just fantasy basketball, but like the sports betting in the U.S. Yeah, now, yeah. like it's just it's exploded. So these things are like super important, and we're getting lied to by these head yeah. coaches. Oh, I'm glad. Like, I know a lot of you guys that do fantasy over there. You have a, a sort of a, a toe, a toe in the water of of betting and gambling and that sort of thing, and it's huge. And it's something that I, I'm not sort of across. I'm not part of it, but I can imagine. And talking to everyone, it's it must just be so frustrating that teams, as you said, they lie. They blatantly lie about injuries and and what to expect. And even from their starting lineups, they change close to tip off if if you're going to be if you're going to be in the betting space you have to you have to have your ear and eyes to the injury report and you have to understand the trends and the and the coaches you know certain coaches say the same things certain teams list their players the same way depending on you know when it is when the game is if it's a back-to-back like for example like i was talking about the celtics like they list malcolm brogdon as probable they they pretty much do that every game on the front end of the back-to-back and every time he he sits, and yep. I mean, same thing with Horford. Like he's questionable, but like every back to back, second second night of a back to back, he sits. And then yes. the Bucks do the same thing. They'll list you know Drew Holiday and Giannis and all these guys as probable, and then they'll sit. And we we in the past like the probable tag has been ninety nine percent you're playing, like ninety nine point nine nine percent you're playing. Yeah, but. And questionable is 50-50, truly 50-50. It's definitely not that way anymore. No. And and it's it's gone completely the other way as sports betting has like really ramped up. So it's been tough for a lot of people. But in general, I always tell people that's why the unders on all these player props are going to be more profitable in the long term because you're going to have issues like this, especially down the stretch in the NBA where, like we said, these teams that aren't playing for anything. Like they have no incentive to keep Terry Rozier on the floor. No. Right? I mean no. – no, it's and it's. I think it's at the point now where if, I mean, if 
if common sense was prevailing and was ruling here, a player who isn't on the injury report and then they pop up on the injury report as probable, you would go, okay, there's a niggle there, but he's probably going to play. That's not the, it's generally now, the if, if they pop up on the injury report as probable, you might as well rule them out. And, and illness is the new rest. I tweeted this a few days ago. <laughs> Anytime you see illness, it's, it's, you know, Lori Markinen pops up on the injury report with an illness. He's resting that night. Yeah. Like unless it's unless it's a playoff team, and a guy like truly has an illness that is like being reported about by that team's beat writers. Yeah. You know, if if nobody if no beat writer for that team knows that this guy had an illness and wasn't at shoot around, then I don't buy it. No. Well, I think because Dejounte Murray has been out with an illness, I would think possibly he does actually have an illness because the in Hawks that case, yes, they want to win. Right. Um. So. Yeah, which is that's been really bad for me for fantasy this week. Um, I bet. Yeah, he's yeah he's a guy that you don't want to don't want to miss out on. No, it's a points league too, and it's a uh, it's a points league that I set up with a different format. So steals are worth like fourteen points. Oh wow! Um, so he's a top five player in that league, and I yeah. haven't had him in the final this week, which has been yeah, fun. that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. Um, so final question, which I've. I've asked everyone if we were drafting, I don't know, next week, for example, two two parts to this question. Where would you be comfortable drafting Victor Wembanyama? And where do you think he will go in drafts next year? So I think that so he's gonna be I I tried to sort of compare him to a couple different players and and how they did their rookie seasons. He's probably some kind of mixture between like Anthony Davis and Chris Stapps Porzingis, potentially like guy that's going to score. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to hit a couple threes. He's going to get lots of blocks. Percentages are going to be you know pretty good. He shoots pretty high percentage from the charity stripe field goal percentage. I think is like somewhere between 45 and 48%. Uh, but I don't think, I don't think he's going to play like these heavy minutes. Like he's, he's not playing a ton of games, right? So going through an entire NBA season, I don't see him playing like 30 plus minutes a game, like right off the bat. And so it could take a couple of years for him to like really ramp up. And I mean, once he ramps up and stuff, like he'll be a he'll be a top 10 fantasy basketball asset. But for his rookie season, I see him, you know, averaging somewhere between 12 and 15 points, you know, eight to 10 rebounds, a block or two, a three pointer or two. Um it's it's probably good enough for top forty ish. So I, I'd say I'd be comfortable with him in the third, fourth round, maybe. Yep. What do you think? Yeah, look, I think I'm probably a little bit high, but not much. Like okay. I would, pro- I'd probably go back end of the second round, um, okay. only only because I could probably then pair him with someone at the start of the third round. But in saying that. Yeah, look, I think he probably third round is is about right. In terms of where I th- I think, and and you're pretty much the same as all the other analysts I've spoken to is we see him as that third round sort of pick thirty, pick thirty five, something like that, which probably means that we're not going to have him. Because, probably not. Because I think I think with the hype, um, but like assuming he doesn't get injured and and we we follow sort of the the path that we've been following the last six months. I reckon he'll go first round in in some leagues. I think I think people picking at that back end of that first round will take a chance. So so him. so the the problem is he's going to a bad team, right? Hmm. 
most likely is going to a Detroit, yeah. San Antonio, Houston. I mean, these teams, look what they're doing down the stretch with these players. Yeah. Like yeah. they're so so you're gonna get to the fantasy basketball playoffs and you're gonna be screwed. Pretty much. <laughs> Especially yeah. like after he, right, he's played 60, 70 games, and now you expect him to like carry a team to the championship. Like, I don't I don't think that's gonna be the case. No, so, no, 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 oh, no. Look, I, I agree completely. Uh, I'd, I'm, I'd be comfortable in the third round. I would want two players that I'm, you know, well-established guys that I know are gonna, and then yeah. third round, I'm okay taking that, taking that gamble. But second, second round, like early second, mid second, I can't see that for me. Yeah, no. Look, I won't. Um, but oh, I just have a feeling that there'll be in a lot of leagues there'll be that one guy that'll go, yeah, yeah. I just really want him on my team, um, and they'll take him. So I think he's ADP might be sort of uh, i don't know inside the top 20 um That's but crazy. we'll see we'll, yeah. we'll see um we i think who did i talk with last was it dan or i can't remember who it was but we were talking about again who who do we compare him to so who who can we look at and sort of go oh, yeah look he's, he's similar and and for me and for someone that i spoke to my mind went to carl anthony towns and his rookie season um and I've looked up his numbers a few times. I think he was around 18 points, 10 rebounds, 1.8 blocks, which is like a career high in his rookie season. Um, pretty good percentages, couple of assists. Didn't hit a lot of threes in his rookie season. He was only 0.7 or something. And I think he was a, like a top 20 player in that in that in his rookie year. So I guess there's a world where per game he could be that. But as you've said, whoever he plays for, they're they're not going to play him 70 games, 75 games. No, no way. And, and it depends on the coach, right? Like that we've seen the, we've seen Popovich go really slow with some of these rookies, like Vassal, yeah. Keldon Johnson. They were kind of nothings their rookie season. Like we saw flashes and obviously, you know, when Manyama number one overall pick is a little bit different. Right. But yeah, I, I just don't, I don't see a world where like this guy plays 30 plus minutes a game for an entire season. So I, there's a lot of risk there. Especially his body, his body type too. Like there's risk in just taking the, taking the hits and stuff, and yeah. you know, getting bodied in the in the NBA. Like I, I, I don't know how he withstands that. He's played like twenty games this season or something, right? It's, yeah. it's little. It's like less than even college basketball. Yeah, it's going to be so. physically. It's going to be a huge test for his mm-hmm. for his body. Um, so we'll see. Anyway, I just I just thought it's an interesting topic and and. Yeah, people are already starting to talk about it. So listen, I, I brought up Chris Apps Porzingis. He's like always the uh, secret weapon for me in fantasy leagues. Like nobody likes to draft him, but he's always like top twenty when he's healthy, and he's been oh, relatively he's... healthy this season. <laughs> yeah, I think this is probably. I mean, I don't have him on any teams, but I would, I would figure this has been his best season in a long time, if not ever. Yeah, he seems healthy. the The Wizards are you know hanging tough in the in the Eastern yeah. Conference because you can be like not that good in the Eastern Conference and be a playoff team. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and Kyle Kuzma and Bradley Beal sit like every other game, and and Porzingis has been the the constant for them. Like he he's my secret weapon every you know for the last three years. Just yeah. in this year, he's put it all together and stayed healthy. He has. It's good. It's good to see um, yep. the, those play like similar to what Embiid was like the first sort of four four or five years of his career when he was yep. so good per game and but just couldn't mm-hmm. stay healthy. And this year he's he's and last year he's been relatively healthy and and this year i expected you know i'm a sixers fan and I'm, I'm sitting here expecting him to sit back to backs when they play charlotte and indiana 
And he plays both of them and crushes in both of them and doesn't even play the fourth quarter in both those games, but puts up like 40 and 18 with ridiculous yeah. percentages. Like yeah. that is a that is a fantasy basketball MVP and a regular season MVP. Yeah, I think, I mean, this isn't someone I've asked, but will he get MVP? Do you think this year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's the odds on favorite as of today. Okay. He might so, be, I don't, I don't follow the betting. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I believe he is. I mean, Look, I think, I think the Nuggets are the are the better all around basketball team than the Sixers. Uh, the Sixers are probably not even a they're they're probably a play in team maybe without Joel Embiid, yeah. even with James Harden, Tyrese Maxey. I, I don't know that they're going anywhere without Joel Embiid. I think the Nuggets have a have a fighting chance with with the healthy Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. to to be a you know solid four or five seed. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, I I agree. I think probably a month ago I would have said it's Embiid. Uh, would it would be Jokic? Sorry, um, but I think the last month Embiid's just been dominant. He's turned um, he's turned it on. Like you yeah. could tell he's going for it. Like oh yeah, he's yeah. he's playing in all the back to backs. Like that doesn't happen. Like he's going for the he's going for the MVP, and he's yeah. he's just showing that that he's that he's that much different. He's that special. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so look, that, thanks for coming on. That that'll do for for today's show. Went a bit longer, but that's fine. There's always plenty to talk about, and and your wife kindly uh, vacated the house for you, so <laughs> bit of, bit of, we'll we'll let her come home. Um, so b- before I let you go, I mean, have you got? I know it's sort of the again, it's the end of the season where there's not much coming up, but in the in the off season um, leading into next year, what what have you got sort of on on the cards for? for what you'll be doing yeah honestly not a ton um taking some downtime in the summer in the u.s here is nice um before football and basketball we've actually had an interesting couple years here with covid because the basketball season didn't start until christmas Mm. uh two years ago and so there wasn't like the same kind of overlap between you know preseason football and basketball content now there is so it's a little bit it gets pretty aggressive in, uh, you know, August, September timeframe for both sports, uh, putting out content. So it's nice to take a break here in the summer. Um, but I'll be continuing, continue, continuing on with, with Roto baller and also with Mojo providing some content there, um, on a pretty consistent basis, probably not as much over the summer, but, um, and, and, and as always, like you said in the beginning, like you can find me on, on Twitter at Adam Koffler. I tweet my thoughts a lot. Um, been putting out player props on a, on a pretty regular basis. Uh, have hit it a pretty, pretty good clip there. So feel free to follow me along. I'm not, not, you know, asking for any money for any picks or anything like that. They're not behind a paywall. So if you want to tell them, go feel, you know, feel free, go right ahead. Cool. Yeah. Look, yeah, I think it's, I mean, we have to stay active, a bit active anyway in the off season, but it is a good time to, as I've said, and you said, it's a good time to catch up on TV shows and and do some things that we don't get to do during the regular season. So, um, so that will do it for the show. Uh, Remember to check out all of our content at fbibasketball.com. Discord server is ramping up. We've got a lot of dynasty stuff coming out with Matt Lawson. Um, We'll be launching a new dynasty podcast as well. Because I'm just stupid, I've already got my player ranks for next season um, almost done. Um, so they will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, they're obviously going to change a lot, but 
um, we will have content coming out. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And if you can give us a thumbs up, that would be really appreciated. Until next time, catch you later. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.